You are now listening to Bros on the Warpath, a Washington Redskins podcast. You're about to witness something you have never witnessed before. Hey, what's going on, everyone? The uh, the debut episode, episode number one, numero uno of Bros on the Warpath. So um, this show is going to be two Tonys talking Redskin football. Um, it's going to be myself. A little t- TNT. A little TNT or <laughs> Dynamite. Um, so yeah, um, we're, we're both, we're both diehard Redskins fans. Um, I can say I never changed my pro team. I don't know about somebody else in the room, but I've been a diehard Redskins fan since birth. Um, <laughs> but we'll get into why, why that may be. Cause, um, we are both, uh, residents of Pennsylvania and we live in the heart of Eagle and Steeler country. Um, so to, to try to, to to rise above and become Washington Redskins fans with all that, it's it's not easy. But there is a lot of um, <clears throat> Washington Redskins roots and history of where we kind of are in Pennsylvania. The old training camp used to be in Carlisle, um, and there's a little bit of history of the Pottsville Maroons who used who traveled from Pottsville to Boston, and then from Boston. Well, the team didn't travel. Some of the key players traveled uh, when the Maroons went under. Just a quick history thing. Um, they went from Pottsville to Boston and then Boston to Washington and became what is now known as the Washington Redskins. So there is a little bit of history of where we are from and kind of how that spawned into being the football team that we love today. So um, it's a little quick thing, but yeah. Um, uh, and then we met a long, long time ago. Um, my our grandmothers were friends, and then our mothers are friends, and then I there's a bit of, there's a little bit of an age gap between us, um, but we uh, we a met little. a little bit. So we we went to your house to hang out, and uh, I just remember being a kid, and and you and your dad had this giant man cave in the basement with Redskins everywhere, and uh, I was just like, this is the greatest place on earth. And uh, there was a little bit of a break there where we haven't we I mean we kind of kept track of each other on social media, but we didn't really see each other, and then we would see each other out at bars and stuff, and. Uh, we kind of reconnected and and then um, kind of put it out there because I, I I do four other podcasts so I'm because I'm an idiot um, and then you're like man how fun would it be if we did a Redskins one and uh, here we are debut episode. So um, I just uh, wanted to say that this is pretty much a long time coming because we've been mentioning this for what maybe about two months off and on. Yeah, yeah. We came up with a cool name, a cool logo. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, everything kind of came to fruition pretty quickly. Yeah, I work quick. Once I, uh, once, it, I ha- it, once I have the uh, the mind to go do something, I just run for it. I, I, I push as hard as I can to get it going. <laughs> Plus, I think both of us think outside the box a little bit, so that kind of made it a little easier than, than for most. 
Absolutely. And and people listening, if you know, local people that are listening and outside people, I know there's some people that uh that are from the DC area that are also are huge Redskins fans who are now following us on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for giving us as much love and support you guys have been without even us putting an episode out yet, which is fantastic. So it shows there's a little bit of hype here for this uh but uh we we are 100% open to having other podcasts call in or other Redskins podcasts and do some collaborations and talk to each other. Um, but another thing we want to open up the doors to is even if you're not a Redskins fan, we are going to still going to talk NFL news and stuff. Um, but we're going to pri- primarily focus on our skins. Um, but we're going to allow, we're going to open the door for if, say, if one week they're playing the uh, the Cowboys or the uh, the Red or the Eagles or Ca- uh, Giants or any other team, we're going to allow another fan of those te- that team to call in, and we're going to kind of have a friendly heated we'll probably get debate about how we think the game's gonna go we, we can even do a post and pre-show so we can we'll let the other person throw dirt in the face and we'll do it back and if we're if we're able to do so <laughs> yeah between between eagles fans and cowboys fans i don't think we'll get a word in edgewise if that starts yeah we'll just we'll just hang up on them at that point we'll just be like all right you yeah, had all. enough you had enough uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I, i'm really excited for the future of this show um we're we're we have you a just lot. actually hold up okay. one second you just actually reminded me of the Chappelle episode when they had the wrap it up button yeah the wrap it up <laughs> so we'll have to, we'll have to get it we'll have to get a wrap it up button for Eagles and Cowboys week yeah or we'll just play them off like the Grammys like just start hitting the music um I have the technology exactly. yeah um but I'm really really excited this is going to be uh the first episode now we are on uh Instagram Facebook, Twitter, all under Bros on the Warpath. What is uh, on well, Facebook and Instagram is Bros on the Warpath. Our Twitter one is is it just uh, it, I feel like B- it's Bros on the Warpath as well. Is it okay? I didn't know if it was abbreviated or not. But it's it, but it's B Warpath. B Warpath. B Warpath. At B Warpath. So you can go over and give us a follow um, on our Facebook uh, and Twitter. There's a link in the bio to take you right. Uh, there's a shop now button, and then on Twitter there's a link. Um, we are gonna have merch up. We have two logos. Um, that we're gonna put out. One's more geared to like the Pennsylvania side of things. It's a it's a brand new fresh logo made by my friend Nikolai Cabana. And then the other logo is made by a, a friend of another podcast that I do. Um, his name is Noah um, Noah Leonhart, and he made us a cool logo. So we have two logos. If you want to support the podcast, help us grow, get better equipment, and uh, the whole nine, or maybe pay for us to go to a Redskins game, <laughs> you can uh, you can go buy some <laughs> you can go buy some merch and uh, and rock your rock your pride of the your, your Redskins and supporting our podcast. So that's all going to be in the links below. But uh, last season. Um, was 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 interesting. I mean, I can't really say like I'm shocked because as a Redskins fan, I I've learned to uh, I've learned to just accept what comes. You don't set your bar for me anyway. I don't set my bar high, and I I just accept of how whatever happens happens is kind of how I go into every Redskins season. I, I get excited, but I keep my excitement at bay. How 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 would how do you go into every season? Uh, pretty much the same. Uh, it, it's always that. You, you try to go in cautiously optimistic. Hopefully, hopefully you don't get as disappointed as uh, the year before. But um, it's our team. It's it's like a big dysfunctional marriage. Uh, for some reason, we just keep going back and taking yeah. the abuse. Uh, yeah, because we love them. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. Yeah, yeah. So la- last season, um, we had we had a we have a fresh brand new quarterback that I think every one of us wanted to see what the kid was capable of. And we, we, we didn't get a chance to see that for a very long time. Um, they kind of held back on us there. Most of, most of that, I think, was was due to Jay Gruden. I, I just, for some reason, I think 
he's he's more of he likes his veteran guys. He doesn't. It, it, it takes forever and a day for him to let a young guy come in and get some playing time and actually try to prove himself. Um, just look at uh, Steve Sims mm-hmm. in the slot. I mean, when he came in, he flourished. Every game, he got better and better and better. And Gruden just kept beating the drum for Trey Quinn. Uh, Trey Quinn is going to be a, a, a solid player, but how he couldn't see even in practice that Steve Sims just had that little bit of electricity that Quinn didn't have. Yeah, yeah I'm a so, fan of both those I, I guys. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm kind of glad. I mean, Gruden had a little bit of an eye for a little bit of talent, which, I mean, these guys were brought in by Gruden, and I know Ike Hilliard was a big fan of Stephen Sims. Um, but it just seems like it takes so much coaxing for him to get these guys in and let them show what they could do. Um, so I'm kind of glad we have somebody now that I believe is going to give each player an opportunity no matter where they were picked, if they weren't picked, if they were an undrafted guy. If they're performing, they're going to be in. Yep. Um, and just, just, by looking at, just by looking at his Carolina Panthers track record with, with how his players responded to him, just even how they talk about him after he left, they, they took it to heart when, when he was fired mm-hmm. because they just didn't perform up to their capabilities under him. And it, it was it just listening to a few of them, it just seems like they were actually genuinely devastated when he left. The, the so biggest that's something thing, we haven't had in our coaching staff. Yeah, and the biggest thing is he went into a team and changed the culture. And if if, if there's anything exactly. that our team needs more than anything is is that culture change. Um, just it just seems like a lot of a lot of nonsense. You know, like I know when right after, right after they fired Gruden, I know there was reports coming out that like offense alignment guys were like, oh, we actually ran offensive practices. Like the whole like our practices right. immediately changed, and that was just from the interim coach. Um, so people know that are still that were there like there there needs to be a change here so um it's really good that we have a guy that's in there that does that but he also he's strict but he also is a person who's going to reflect on making you a better person on and off the field which i'm a, i'm a huge uh, fan of as well definitely i would i would also be remiss if i didn't mention i think the biggest off-season move was getting rid of bruce allen Agreed. Agreed. Goodbye. Sayonara. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ding dong, the witch is dead. Whatever, whatever analogy or term you want to use, it's, it's, I think that was the turning point. I think when Snyder finally figured out that, hey, we got to go in a different direction. This guy, between players coming out and saying, just, I think Adrian Peterson was one of them that said, He'd love to. There was a couple of people he'd love to just punch in the front office <laughs> yeah. if he had the opportunity. And Adrian, everybody and their mother knew exactly who he was talking yeah. about. Adrian Peterson's not afraid and, of laying a whooping on his own kid. So Bruce Allen doesn't have a chance. No, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's it, it's just I think it's I think that if there was no other offseason acquisition. Even if Rivera didn't come and they signed some other coach, which, like I said, I'm 100% glad they got Rivera. Yeah, me too. But even if it was just 
Joe Schmo from that was somebody's offensive coordinator or somebody's defensive coordinator, I still think there would have been more hope without Bruce Allen there. And I mean, we cleaned house, so, the medical, new brand new medical staff. So hopefully injuries are more at bay. Because if, if there's anything, our te- I know I tell a lot of people this, and people laugh at me. I'm like, on paper, our team is good, and like on paper, who do you have? And I was like, well, if you watch our team every week, we do have some really bright stars on our team. But the problem is, is there's a lot of other things that go on there, whether it be injuries or we lose a guy in a position that makes that guy play better, or we have guys out there playing hurt when they probably shouldn't be, or we have just the offense can't keep the defense off the field long enough to get a break. But we we have we have bright stars on our team that I feel like have haven't really had a chance to flourish. And a big thing of that is, is definitely our injury prone. We, our team has been super injury prone for the past five years. So getting a new medical staff in there can definitely change a lot of that up. You're a hundred percent right. The last, just even the last three years, I mean, they've been decimated. I mean, that's, that's the, the best word I could use is absolutely crippled. They've been crippled with injuries Yeah. because it just seemed like, somebody would get over the hump they'd come back in for a game or a half or whatever and then they'd be out again and it was always either something that was taking them out right away and they'd be done for the season or it was prolonged nagging injuries that just kept them out for weeks at a time yeah i mean the one guy i felt the worst about this year was i think jordan reed um he's always had concussion issues but um, this whole preseason, I mean, hearing some of the reports out of Redskin Park and watching some of the preseason games, when he was playing against Atlanta, and I, I even forget the safety that hit him, but the safety, it was blatantly helmet to helmet. Wasn't called, he wasn't, I don't believe he was even fined, but that, I think, took the wind out of all of the Redskins team right out of their sails right from the get-go mm-hmm. because he he was a folk he was a huge focal point for that offense and always has been when he's been healthy and when he went out after the expectations were that he was going to carry basically the offense and let some of these younger receivers kind of develop that just kind of put them behind the eight ball that they never seem to be able to get back out from. Yeah. And I mean and then week 1 rolls around and we're we, and then uh, Vernon Davis gets hurt after scoring a touchdown and you're like yep. I mean, if, and if anything man he's a veteran but they, man that did that team put the team on his back for a while there with no jordan reed yeah he was he was definitely he's he's been a bright spot for the last couple of years yeah i mean he's one of those guys that you don't look at his age he just physically was a specimen he's like like adrian peterson yeah it, you don't you don't care about the number that's attached to the to the to the body. It's just you look at the body, the body of work, and they're consummate pros. Yeah. Yeah, but the uh, so just kind of r- r- going back two years, you have a team that that starts off five and one. They're doing amazing. They're playing great ball. Then we lose a quarterback. Then we lose another quarterback. And then we're just then the f- next year we come in and we lose. We lose our star running back. We lose our, you know, we're not using our quarterback. We're, 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 we're crutching on, you know, it was just injury after injury after injury. And then either we start hot and injuries ruin our season or we start poorly with injuries. And then by the time we get hot, it's too, it's a little too late. Like we, I know it's not proud to say because our division was so garbage, but like towards the end of the year, 
going into the season, I have a little more hope because we made a run to win the division and sneak in the playoffs. I mean, obviously it was it was a long shot, but we, we started playing some decent ball there towards the end. Yeah, that, that whole Alex Smith injury, I mean, him starting off with the team at 5-1, and one, uh, we had we'd spoken about this yesterday, I believe, that, yeah. I mean, every week that you saw him in that offense, he started getting getting in more and more of a groove Mm -hmm. and uh it was a shame when it was it was a flashback of of the whole uh the whole Theismann injury Mm -hmm. I I believe it was the same spot on the field the same time in the game I mean there were so many freaky analogies I think it was at the same week like the same week in the season or something too yeah yeah it was it was just crazy I mean just so many so many coincidences between the two injuries and I mean I think I, I hate to say that a team is jinxed, but you gotta you gotta wonder if there's like a curse put on that team. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna have sometimes all those. You, you're gonna have you those. Think about it. You're gonna have those six protesters who stand outside of every game who are gonna say you're cursed because of your name, right? It's it's the name. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that's that that's what that's what'll be going on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's that's another topic I want to get into one week is about the name and the history of the name, and because I think there's a lot. Of, I mean, Redskins fans know, maybe some do, some don't, but uh, there's a lot. Of, I always get in that co- that conversation with a lot of non-Redskins fans about it. I'm like, you have no idea. Like, do you realize what that logo is modeled after an old coach and and that the name is actually created by someone who is like from a tribe? Like, you know what I mean? It's like. There's actual schools, like high schools, that the Redskins allow them to use the logo because it was words words come from in the in the actual history of it. It's not it's not made to be racist or um, upsetting. It's like a like the, the te- yeah. yeah the team the Yankees they took a negative connotation of a name and made it a positive. That's exactly what we're trying to do with it as well. I mean, I always get a kick out of the uh, parody T-shirts when uh, they have uh, the Cleveland they have a guy like myself. They have a guy like myself, and it's the Washington Caucasians. Yeah, or, or the, 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 the Cleveland Caucasians. Yeah, actually, someone yeah, just I, someone just bought me one. It's it's a they they changed the logo from the Indian face to a white guy, and it says the Caucasians. And someone bought me the shirt. Yeah. If you buy it, I'll wear it. So, I have one coming. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm definitely. You're gonna have to let me know where you got it because I definitely want to get one of those for myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, we we you know. Uh, Alex Smith, we already have talking about him. What do you what do you think the future of him is? I know a lot of people are saying that he he said for a while he wants to come back, but there's some in, there's some inf- uh, insiders talk now that that may not be the case. Julie Donaldson, um, she seems like she's been right on point with everything she's been reporting. Uh, just giving a shout out to her, but uh, she's been she had mentioned something briefly in a tweet maybe about a month ago that it didn't look like he was going to be coming back as a player, but it seemed like Snyder is open to the idea of giving him a front office role because I think towards the, towards the end of the year, I believe they got closer and closer. And I believe he was, I believe Alex was in Dan's ear and pretty much an honest to goodness uh, sounding board, so to speak. I think uh, I think Dan was so used to having yes men around him mm-hmm. that it was probably refreshing for him to actually maybe get some some truth, and it maybe was the impetus of him uh, making some of these moves, like a Bruce Allen being let go and uh, Gruden being let go, and actually having somebody in that 
basically adults having some adults in the building to make some decisions. Yeah. Well, Instead he, of he's definitely uh, not going to get a yes man with with uh, with Ron because he's Ron. no no <laughs> yeah no no more no more it's it's not going to be any more of the inmates running the asylum yeah which I think it was for for too many years in Washington. Well, that's been the whole thing too. I, I know when when Bruce, when when they were not Bruce Allen, but when Dan Snyder said he wants to change the dynamic of the team, he wants he wants it to be not so much a GM centric team. He wants to be a head coach centric team. He wants to model his team after a New England Patriots where. You put your full coat, your whole, your full faith in the coaching, the head coach, and he runs your team. Mm-hmm. That is your guy. So, and that's that's now what we have in Washington, which is awesome. I'm really, really excited for that. Another person I think we have to thank uh, big time is uh, our former coach Joe Gibbs. Yeah, I think some of the conversations he had with Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder. Um, I I think. I think Dan did some did some good work. I think he actually did some soul searching on himself, and I think he did soul searching with the organization. And uh, I think he kind of came to terms that uh, a lot of things needed to be changed before anything actually changed, because yeah. you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. Well, kudos kudos not just to that, but I mean. For just, I know it. Maybe it doesn't make us look good as a fan base, but as fans, people turn around and said, "We are no longer coming to your stadium. If you don't, if if, if you're not, yeah. if you are, if you as the owner are not taking your team seriously, we're not taking you seriously." And they hit them where it counts. They hit them with their pocketbook, like the team. The, right. the stadiums turned into away games, and. He's like, why do we not have fans in the stadium? And they're like, make a change, and we'll come back. So hopefully, you know that we that that's the way it has to change, and that's the and and it sounds like a shitty fan by saying, you know, I don't support the team anymore because we still do, but no, like if if that right. was like a, a a protest for like the diehard fans, like no, we're not going to spend money to come to your stadium when you don't eat when you when you're just taking the money and running with it. You're not making changes. You're listening to all your yes men, and I I, I believe Dan finally listen to that and and here and now we're going into this new season with the, pro, the 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 protest from the fans and here we are with the with the a brand new change in our in our culture that fire bruce allen hashtag was attached to every single solitary tweet yeah that you would read on the internet i mean whether <laughs> it was hey uh we're gonna do uh special promotion for a breast cancer awareness month and you'd see 30 different tweets that said fire bruce allen <laughs> i mean some of the some of the fire bruce allen tweets what they were attached to was kind of shitty yeah but i that, think fans were just at the point yeah fans were at the point where anything they could attach it to they attached it to like hey the rolling stones are playing at, at fedex field uh fire bruce allen <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was definitely nice to see everybody kind of stand together yeah and just say hey you know what like you said enough's enough this is it you got to do something because we've had it yeah we're sick of being the laughing stock we're sick of being i mean mediocre the redskins for the for the longest time on the media every media outlet they were the butt of every joke mm-hmm. and you know, you get kind of frustrated as a fan. South Park like, even got could, us. Could, We're the Washington Redskins. Yeah. We don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, when, you, you know, you're you know, you're big time when South Park gets you. Yeah, I'm happy we were there, but it was uh, <laughs> maybe it was that that was a, that was a turning point too. Or like, oh my god, South Park just blew up our, our everything. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so it's so I'm, I'm <sighs> when it comes down to that stuff, man. I'm I'm super excited for the team. Now we do have some big changes coming with that as well. Um, uh, we have we have a brand new defensive scheme, which is co- we're going to a four three, leaving the three four behind. Yes. Um, we finally. have yeah, finally, which I'm excited for now. Yeah, and then we have the rumors of uh, Trent Williams. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be with us anymore. And and you know what? I a part of me can't blame him, but a part of me is also on the same board as I'm not. I, I don't want a guy to be forced to be part of something he don't want to be part of. Because if anything, if you're I trying mean, to change the culture, you can't have a guy, even if he's extremely talented, not want to be there because you're never going to get that mindset on the whole team on the on the same page. That whole Trent Williams thing. I mean, first of all, I completely understand. I mean, when you're when you have a cancerous mass on your scalp and you kind of put all your faith into your team's uh, medical staff and they repeatedly tell you that it's nothing, um, even though it's getting bigger, oh, it's nothing to worry about, um, which is some of the reports that I've heard on Twitter. I mean, you don't really know how, if some of the sources are correct, if some of them are embellishing. I mean, you don't know. But from what I've read, that that was the uh, reasoning between him, between Bruce Allen and the medical staff, that that's why he didn't want to be there. And he was saying, oh, it wasn't about the contract, wasn't about the contract, wasn't about the contract. And then you have Snyder cleaning the whole medical staff out and getting rid of Bruce Allen. Mm -hmm. So everybody assumed that Trent would be like, hey, you know what? changes are, are, are positive. I mean, things are moving in the right direction. And then all of a sudden it's more about the contract. One to one to more money, which a lot of people said from the beginning that that's pretty much what he wanted. He mm-hmm. just wanted wanted his contract padded because he knew that he was going to basically be in maybe the last one or two contracts of his career at 31 years old going, going to going to be 32 but um, Trent uh, disappointed me a little. But like you said, if if somebody's not all in, I think this new culture is going to basically not wait around for anybody. I mean, they got rid of Dunbar, who was kind of disgruntled about his deal. I mean, he was rightfully so. I mean, he was only, I believe, making like, I think, a million dollars or Two two point some million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a starting corner, that's basic peanuts. And I mean, I know he signed the contract, whatever that was his extension that he got a couple of years ago. But he kind of outperformed it, and I just wish he would have came in, got to meet Rivera, got to meet the defensive coaching staff, Del Rio and uh, Harris and all the other guys that they brought in. I mean, that's, that's another um, name we forgot too. Del, I, you have Del Rio as our, oh, uh, Del Rio, that, that, <laughs> that in itself. I mean, just, we have men running this team finally <laughs> and it's nice. And they're intelligent men. No more giving up maybe third and 27 because Minuski doesn't want to blitz or <laughs> doesn't, doesn't basically, Roll as coverages, or it's just it, it, oh, it's just the ineptitude watching on Sundays where you're sitting there screaming because you absolutely know what the outcome is going to be. Mm-hmm. Just along with the 40 some thousand people, three quarters of them, the other team's fans are, are yelling, <laughs> and they know what's going on in the <laughs> yep. stadium, too. 
but it's it's Del Rio coming in is is huge. I mean, Del Rio and Rivera, this uh, you know, a lot a lot to be uh, a lot to be excited about. Yeah, I, it's it's gonna be. I'm I'm pumped. I, and I like play calling is gonna be different. Def- like and this four three now. Kind of leaning into that that defense and that four three, um, we're sitting at a pretty interesting spot in the draft. We'll, we'll get right into the draft here, um, but before we get into that pick, real okay. quick, I just want to I want to talk about this uh, this brand new draft, man. It's a it's it's a new expectation. Um, they don't we really don't know. They don't really know how it's going to go because this whole draft's going to be digital. It's going to be all all over the online. It's going to be over the phone. There's going to be no giant room of fans and people. Um, is there going to be connection issues? Will people get a pick drop because they didn't get something in in time? Like, I wonder how this is going to go down, you know? I mean, it's, it, like you said, it's definitely uncharted territory. Um, it's it's kind of wild because somebody my age who's who's seen drafts, like, in the 80s, when, when all you had was phone banks, yep. giant... <laughs> tables filled with phone <laughs> banks from each team and they had the the picture of the helmet and they'd, they'd call it in and send up a, a card to the commissioner and the commissioner would read the card which it's basically the same premise mm-hmm. except it's just like a fantasy football draft now so if we could do our fantasy football drafts through espn and cbs sports and whatever and most of the time we do it pretty much glitch free um I think the NFL, a multi-trillion-dollar organization, they is going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll have the they'll have the bugs worked out, no problem. I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be definitely interesting. I was watching on uh, Redskins.com how they were uh, showing the setup in Ron Rivera's basement, and uh, they had the uh, the Zoom. They were doing it all via Zoom, I believe. And you saw Kyle Smith. You saw some of the scouts. You saw um, some of the other coaches. You saw them all in the little blocks on the TV. And and he was conversing with each one. And they were putting the board together and talking about this player with the position coaches. And it was it was pretty pretty wild just to see what you could get done without actually even having to uh, – go through all the pomp and circumstance, which that's the shitty part because a lot of those players, they work their whole college career, high school career, peewee football. Um, they're working all those years just to be able to walk up on that stage and hear that crowd and, and hug the commissioner and the fans are going to miss booing the commissioner. I mean, what are we going to do when Goodell comes out? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and we don't get to boo him, and you don't hear the boos because everybody loves that. I mean, that's that's even that's almost like a, a cult cult thing now. He handles everybody, it so well. As soon though. as he comes out, he does a great job. He yeah, just acts he like does. He, he, <laughs> no, he does. He does. He really does. I mean, that's the first thing. As soon as he peeks his little noggin around that corner, <laughs> and. That first boo is like a chain reaction, and you hear the you, you hear the whole area just going nuts with boos. It's 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 going to be different, but I think more than anything, I think everybody sitting at home that's watching all the news about COVID nineteen and 
seeing all the death and all the sickness and everything uh, everything that's been part of their normal lives for almost as long a, as they can remember now, yeah yeah but i mean everything that that has been that they're so used to and taken for granted because it was just there now it's been gone so this is the one thing that i think pretty much everybody is going to be able to sit down and have maybe a couple hours of normalcy. Yeah. And it might might actually help with some some mental health for for everybody mm-hmm. involved. Just to think of something positive other than so much negative that's been going on. Yeah. So I, I actually have up here on redskins.com uh the seven the the set the seven uh round mock draft some what they're thinking. So we're in a, we're in an interesting spot with the number 2 overall pick. Um there are rumors mm-hmm. of possible trades. Um, but pretty much, I think it's pretty much dead set lock that the, uh, the That's Redskins. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think we're trading. Um, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to get what we want and we're going to get what we need. And that, that's going to be Chase Young at Ohio state. Um, everything about this dude is, and everything that's said about this dude is he is, uh, he is a one of a kind player that when he, when someone like this comes along, you, you take it, um, six foot five, 264 pounds. And he is fast as hell, <laughs> and he's just like he's a he's a deep he's a defensive machine. Yeah, he. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am a huge fan of Chase Young. I'm also a fan of Isaiah Simmons. I mean, both of those guys would do wonders for our for our defense. Both yeah. of them would fill huge needs. I mean, Chase Young. You got to protect the quarterback, and you got to sack the quarterback. They're your your two biggest, your two biggest things as far as playmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, you team up a Chase Young. I mean, Chase Young alone on paper sounds great, and it's going to boost. It would elevate any defense tenfold. But you team him up with last year's second first round pick, Montez Sweat. And then you team him up with the 2017 pick, first round pick of Jonathan Allen. And where did all those guys and go to school? And then the 20, uh, was it Alabama? I think. Yeah. Well, Except for well, no, well, a little bit of Montez mix there. Sweat was Mississippi State. Yeah. Yeah. Montez Sweat was Mississippi State. Uh, you're thinking of the the Bama the Bama wall that was being built between uh, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Well, didn't we also Deron get Payne we, we get our, a few guys from Ohio State too? We had like a Bama Ohio State front 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 with there. No, no, no. Who we am had, I thinking about uh, that? Uh, you're right. You're, I'm thinking the Bama the Bama Mississippi State. The, yeah, right. It was yeah. pretty much pretty much Bama. I mean, Bruce Allen. That was his that was his draft. It's like we're just drafting a Bama guy or when in doubt draft a Bama guy, yeah. which you can't go wrong. You no. can't go wrong. No. I mean, you got Sean Dion Hamilton at linebacker. Um, you got uh, Ryan Anderson. Uh, that was a three, four outside linebacker, which is pretty much going to kick inside to a pass rushing defensive end this year. Um, but that's more or less what I was saying was you have, you're going to have chase young. You're going to have Montez sweat. Then you're going to have a rotation on the inside of Allen, Payne, Ionitis, which everybody seems to forget, which he's been far and away almost the most productive interior lineman. And then you have Tim Settle, who is kind of like the forgotten man, but I think he's going to beast out this year. 
and then behind Montez Sweat and and Chase Young, you're going to have Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. How many teams could say they have the luxury of having Ryan Kerrigan in a rotational role at defensive end? And every time he's on, on the field, team. he's getting doubled. They have to double team him. Right. right. Well, he gets choke slammed every time. Yeah, he, he's literally in a, he's in the million fight. dollar dream every single time he crosses the line. Yeah, his his helmet is exactly. literally looking up straight in the sky because they have him in a chokehold, and somehow he never he should lead the league in offense and in, in, in holding calls against for him. You know, and he doesn't get any of them. <laughs> like every time he crosses the line, I'm like, right. He's clearly by the guy. The only thing that's stopping him and killing a quarterback is an arm around his throat. Right. Yeah. But but I guess that's a that's a legal block against Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, you're just allowed to do that. I've I've come to I've come to accept it because it seems like <laughs> it happens week in and week out my, in front of the refs the, and it never gets called. The last time I ever stepped foot in FedEx Field and I seen a game, me and my dad went up and we seen the uh I was not excited about it from being a Pennsylvania guy. The whole stadium erupted and gave this guy so much love. And I remember a bunch of people around us looking at me and they're like, you're not standing up for him. And I said, F him. And they're like, why? I'm like, I'm from Pennsylvania. I don't want this guy here. But it was Donovan McNabb. Start Monday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, oh, don't even get me started on that Easter Sunday trade. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the game ended with Tony Romo throwing a touchdown pass to Jason Witten with time expiring for the win. And uh, Ryan Kerrigan was thrown in a chokehold and held, and the game was over, and we won due to a holding call. So Ryan, Ker- I watched Ryan Kerrigan win us a game. <laughs> yep. That's it's it, Kerrigan. Like I said, Kerrigan coming. I mean, you don't know. I mean, he might end up. Uh, I, I can't see it. But, I mean, pretty much I could see Montez Sweat and Chase Young being your starting ends. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard not to imagine that. I mean, your number two overall pick. And Montez Sweat really, towards the end of the year, really started showing what he could do. And, I mean, when you can't really double, who do you double on that line? Yeah, you know what I gonna mean? Be, it's going to be a tough I mean, night for then people. You have a, then you have a Jordan Brailford who they took from Oklahoma State at the end of last year's draft as well, who was on injured reserve all season. I mean, he has some pass rush ability. And like I said, you have Ryan Anderson coming off the bench as well as, as a pass rusher who kind of he, – he had four of his best games as a Redskin at the end of last year. Yeah, he killed it. Where he, he, almost, looked, he almost looked unblockable in some of those games. Didn't he? Didn't he? Which didn't is what, he lead the team in tackles? And he only played like four games, like at one point in time. Like he, he, he I, 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 I believe he led them in sacks and pressures at the end of the season in yeah. those last four games. Yeah. But but I mean, then you have I mean last year's draft. I mean whoever I I think it was pretty much Kyle Smith that's been running the drafts. Yeah. But I mean, you start off with a Haskins, then you end up with a Montez Sweat, and then you get. Was it, Wait, was it, who was the third round pick? Was last it Bryce? Year? Was it Bryce Love? Or no, was he later? Love was fourth, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah. Love was the fourth round. And then I know Holcomb was like fifth round. And then you had Brailford and Moreland in the seventh. Doing my Joe Rogan here. Let me pull that up real quick. Um Haskins, Montez Sweat, uh Terry McLaurin. Bryce Love. McLaurin. Oh, yep. my God. Wes Martin. How did I forget Scary Terry? <laughs> oh, maybe maybe I did that on purpose just to give you a, a chance to intro to Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that was my, maybe that was my uh, evil plan. Yeah. 
but that's that's somebody that far and away is going to be our is going to be a huge bonus for Haskins development. They yeah. played together in Ohio State. Um, they just as the year went on, he him just knows and Harmon. He, he just I knows mean, where to put the ball for Terry. <laughs> just all yeah. right. I know exactly where to hit him in stride, and I can hit him deep. Yeah, I mean his 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 rapport with Harmon almost seemed better at first because I I think they were on the they were doing the practice team reps mm-hmm. together, so so they were they were working together a little bit more than than McLaren and Haskins were, even though they, they played at Ohio state together. They, it seemed like McLaren had a little bit of a better rapport with, um, uh, Case Keenum. But, um, I think as the year went on, I think you could, you could start to see the old, the old, uh, spark clicking between Haskins and, and McLaren again. Mm-hmm. I mean, McLaren, McLaren to me is, your consummate pro. He reminds me of Gary Clark. I mean, we have like a little miniature version. I mean, I'm going to get killed for saying this, but I think we have a miniature version of the posse going on right now. I mean, you have your, you have your McLaurin who's pretty much your, your everything guy. He's your Gary Clark. Mm -hmm. You have your Kelvin Harmon who is your big physical possession receiver which he's not in Art Monk's realm, but he's that type of receiver. And you never know what we get in this draft or in the offseason. You know, we, we may pick up right, we may bring right. a veteran presence in at a wide receiver. Exactly. Exactly. But then you come off with a Steve Sims who was an undrafted rookie. And he's electric in the slot, which was your Gary or your uh, Ricky Sanders. Mm-hmm. So all we need I think we're basically I mean, I know we're going to have to replace Trent. That's going to be huge. I mean, I don't think Jerron Christian is the answer, but I mean, he's only 24 years old, didn't really get a lot of starter reps. Uh, You work against Chase Young and Kerrigan and Montez Sweat in the offseason, if there is an offseason this year. Uh, Iron sharpens iron. So he's not going to face any better pass rushers than that from any other team. Yeah. So if he learns to, to – if he practices against those guys every week, I mean, he might have might have a shot to develop this year. Plus they got a guy named uh, – his last name is Lucas, I believe. He was a backup for the Bears last year. He's a big fella. I think he's six foot eight. Um, he's like 350, 340. Um he held his own when he actually got some playing time. So he's had starts under his belt. So even if they don't get anybody else, which I couldn't not see them bringing even somebody like a Peters from Philly or um, Beecham even from the Jets wasn't, he, he played admirably. Yeah. Um, but I believe they're going to draft linemen. I, I, I could see at least, two offensive tackles being taken in this draft. Uh, you have to double dip. The offensive line offensive line is just as expensive as your quarterbacks and your and your wide receivers and your defensive ends. Yeah. So I mean you gotta 
you got to double up on some of those positions. Like Washington right now is loaded at D line. Like if they take anybody on the D line, it's just because somebody that was too good to pass up is there. Yeah, fell to a spot that they didn't even they couldn't imagine them being. Mm-hmm. But well, I, that, that, I, that, I could see that pass rush is definitely going to help our our secondary too that we need help because I mean if at the point oh if, if, the, if you don't have to be the greatest cornerback in the world just learn how to undercut a route because the quarterback's going to have to get rid of it quick because he's getting he's going to have people in his face in, in within three seconds. Right. I mean, we have and there there is a lot of young talent on the team. I mean, you have a Moreland. Yeah, he was a seventh round pick, but he he played great in the preseason last year and he actually played good in spot duty. Uh, before he got hurt mm-hmm. um, then you have Moreau who really shined at the end of the season when they moved him from uh, the nickel corner back outside which I think is where he's better suited I think he's an outside corner I mean you have those two guys they're young you have uh, Johnson who was an undrafted rookie a couple of years ago uh, he's been nicked up the last couple of years I, b- I believe he was on injured reserve most of the season until like the last two or three games last year mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's definitely some youth. I think we have what they say last year that we have the youngest, the youngest team in franchise history. And we have one of the youngest teams in NFL right now. Don't we? I think when they say when it comes to youth, on I, I, I believe, I believe, I think the average age, I think they said was 25. Yeah. Which is, I mean, if they all pan out, if they all pan out, that's a great, that's a good, it's a good, it's a great look, but it also can be a bad look as well. You know? Well, the good thing is, I, I know when Rivera was looking at the job, he looked at the roster and saw that there was a lot of young talent mm-hmm. to work with. And again, going back to a previous statement, we actually have adults in the building. They're all teachers. Yep. Every one of them. Del Rio, Rivera, um, his tight end coach uh, that's been with him for years. I mean, he's had um, he's had some, some, some good tight ends. And... Um, we just even the wide receivers coach I, for, I forget his name off offhand, but uh, he developed he was he was in in Baltimore and uh, I forget where else I should have done a little bit of a better research on some of the coaches, but uh, we can work on that the, next week. The, the big coach, yeah, the big coach that they actually got is Norv Turner's son. Yeah, I mean I remember seeing him running around at training camps in some of the videos. And when we actually did go to a couple training camps, I remember seeing him running around as a little kid. And now he's basically running his dad's offense with uh, Zampezi's son, is I believe the quarterback's coach. And he was a big, uh, he was a big help for uh, that midget in uh, Cleveland. (laughs) 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 But uh, he had his uh, his best year as a rookie under Zampezi. Yeah. So, so I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, there's a lot of potential and there's a lot of teachers yeah. in the building is basically what I was getting at. So the youth that we have, hopefully, is 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 going to be schooled and schooled right. Yeah. So looking at this draft, obviously, we just looked at the first round pick at number two spot. Um, we have nothing in the second round as of now. That can change right. because we do have that Trent Williams sitting out there, um, which I hope maybe we can snag at least something to fill in that maybe add another first or maybe a couple seconds with uh, with that spot. Um, but there cor- was a report. There was there was a report that um, uh, I think it was Dan Patrick. He came out and said pretty much Washington's going to get a first round pick, but according to his sources. But 
I don't see that happening. If we got a second, I think we'd be super lucky. If mm-hmm. we got a first, I mean, I'd probably streak my neighborhood right <laughs> right after the trade went down. I mean, I'd be I'd be super excited. I mean, I don't. I'm I'm hoping. I'm yeah. thinking most of my neighbors would hope that trade doesn't go down, so I would streak <laughs> the neighborhood. But um, I, I'm thinking second. If it's a third, maybe a possible player with it. Like yeah. if it's Cleveland, because Cleveland seems like. They're the the team that seems to be brought up the most, like maybe a David Njoku as a tight end, because we could use another tight end. Yeah, we we, we brought a couple in in the off season, uh, but uh, I don't know if I mean Logan is. I mean he hasn't been playing tight end that long. He was the former Virginia Tech quarterback. Um, last year he played he played well, I think, for Detroit as a tight end. I mean, he's starting to starting to come into his own. Maybe Ron sees a little something that they can mold and work with. Um, you have Jeremy Sprinkle. Um, I'm a fan of Sprinkle. Really, I like Sprinkle. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I and mean, listen, he, he, it, when no one else is there, he still finds a way to help us convert third down situations because he, he 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 gets the job done. Maybe not the greatest blocker. Nobody else was there. Yeah, he, we get. He, he's not the greatest blocker, but he he can he can definitely get a, a route and he can make some make some key plays. Maybe not key key, but keeping drive alive plays alive. His hands are worse than mine. <laughs> and my hands, I mean, my hands are are not football ready. But he showed. Uh, he he disappointed a couple times. I mean, a couple times he made some really cool catches and some clutch catches. Yeah. But then a couple times, I mean, the ball would just bounce off his hands, bounce off his chest. I mean, he just looked completely lost. I don't know if he just needs to focus a little bit better. Maybe get him on the jugs machine, catch about thousand passes a. A thousand passes of practice. Take him out in the woods and go the old Randy yeah. Moss and his dad thing out in the in the, in the dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or or the Jerry Rice thing where his dad used to throw bricks at him. Yeah, he was a mason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he used to throw bricks to him. Um, so, um, yeah. So I I think I think an Njoku would be nice if 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 it was like a third round pick and an Njoku for a Trent Williams. Yeah. I mean, it would kind of fill two needs. We'd we'd end up having, uh, I believe. We'd have two thirds, two fourths, uh, fifth, no sixth, and I believe two sevenths or one seventh. We're we're down to one seventh yeah. as well. So what it's looking like from Redskins.com, they're saying um, in the third round, pick number sixty-six. There's two people, mm-hmm. um, Shelby and Stackpole, who are saying that um, they want uh, Shelby saying uh, T Prince Tega um, from Auburn. Um, the the Nigerian yeah, Prince yeah the the, the, yeah. the Nigerian from Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then Stackpole is saying T uh, T Matt Pert from Connecticut for the blind side to replace that Trent Williams spot yeah Pert both of them both of them would be great options if they were there at sixty six I think I definitely think they would jump jump and take a tackle I mean a lot of people are clamoring like I said for a tight end yeah and I I don't know if you're going to see a tight end at that spot i mean you might see an arnett from ohio state mm-hmm. a corner opposite of uh yeah opposite of uh our number five pick possibly to uh oh, what the heck's his name now see i i lose these players names they're all kind of morphing in because i've been doing all this reading and uh okuda jeff okuda and uh, he's arnett's opposite of, of okuda um which he's he's a great player in himself. I think 
I think he's gonna he's gonna really shine in the NFL. I mean, I think he was kind of overshadowed by Okuda, mm-hmm. but I think he's I think he if he was there at sixty six, they they'd probably run right up to the well, email the uh, card to the podium. Yeah, <laughs> I guess would be the the best term. Yeah, but so the Redskins insiders yeah, are both saying go, offensive linemen for the for the third round. I think that's that's that'd be probably the way they're going to have to go, especially if Trent Williams is gone. Yeah. Um, fourth round, both experts are saying wide receivers. Um, one one is saying uh, uh, Hill from Ohio State. Uh, uh, J, uh, mm-hmm. K, KJ another Hill. Haskins fella. Yep, uh, to kind of give him another Ohio target that he's used to. Uh, and then the other one saying Brian Edwards from South Carolina. Uh, a big physical six foot Edwards. three, two twenty, uh, two twelve wide, <laughs> two hundred twenty pound Edwards, wide receiver. Edwards is Edwards is a beast. I would, I would love to see somebody like Edwards coming in. Yeah. Um. Hill Hill is great. I mean, and you can't, you can't question the rapport that he'd have with Haskins. So that's that's worth its weight in gold. But I don't know. But somebody is, like Edwards. What is Hill looking at frame wise? Is he, is he a smaller slot guy? Is he an average? What, what is he like a five eleven or? <laughs> I believe Hill is six foot. Is he? Okay. Um, yeah, I believe he's six foot. Uh, I think he's in the one eighty something range. Um, his forty time was a little slower, but he's a heck of a route runner, and uh, he has good hands. So he he'd be great. I mean, he's he's going to be an outside receiver. He could he could probably kick inside because he's smart enough. He'd probably be in third third or fourth wide receiver. He's probably going to learn all three spots anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong with either one of those picks, but I think that if they don't get a tight end, I think that might be the round where you're going to see somebody like an Adam Troutman from Dayton. Okay. Uh, I I like him a lot. Um, Also, um, trying to think, Claypool. But Claypool is probably going to be gone in in the third round. Uh, You might have uh, Thaddeus Moss from LSU. Um, he's underrated. You have his counterpart Sullivan from LSU too, that started shining in some of the, uh, some of the off season, the postseason games, like the, the all-star games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really, he really started to show that, you know, he's a good pass catcher. He has some wheels. I mean, he can, he can definitely block coming out of the LSU system. So, I mean, you might see a tight end coming in the fourth round, Maybe a wide receiver as well because we, you, we have. Are two. you jumping to the fourth already? Um. Well, we the the third pick was uh, the sixty six pick. Yeah. Because so we you, don't have a second. Yeah. So the the fourth round here. Yeah, we don't have a second. Yeah. Yeah. The, you have the two fourth round picks. Well, so uh, well, that last one we talked about was the third round. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the third round was the 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 uh, two. Uh, sorry, the first for the first fourth round yep. pick, and then the second fourth round pick. Um. Right for the one forty, the one hundred forty second pick, they're they're saying either uh, cornerback Bryce Hall out of Virginia. Um, He's good, or, local boy. Or Devin, I'm going to butcher this last name, Asai from USC, UCLA. Oh, Asi, 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 yeah, yeah, from uh, from UCLA. He's he's big. He's he's big, and he's very very fluid for his size. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they they were saying there were some weight issues with him, but he. Uh, He's like I said, tight end is probably you're going to see probably a tight end in the fourth or fifth round range. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of good options, and I think most of them are clustered into that fourth and fifth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the next expert saying uh, Jared Pinkley from Vanderbilt 
as a uh, as a fifth round tight end if if if, the, if he's there. Right, I'm not too familiar on him. I didn't really get to see much Vandy football this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, the the guys that I seem to be thinking would fit in the Redskins system is Moss, um, Adam Troutman. Troutman is is the guy I like. I mean, he he's he's kind of a do it all small school guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you get into the mid to later rounds, and you could find a guy that competed at a really high level in a small school i mean that's where you that's where you take your chance like like when when we got moreland last year in the seventh round i mean small school guy wasn't the biggest i believe he's 510 it was 175 180 pounds coming out i mean you get guys like that into a system a nice nfl weight program and with superior coaching which we can actually say we finally have that this year Mm mm-hmm so some of those guys are some of those young guys are where you where you strike gold in the mid to late rounds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the second fifth round pick they're talking about is uh, is um, S J R Reed from Georgia, a safety. I'm sorry, J R Reed, safety out of Georgia. I don't know why I said S J R Reed. I mean, anytime you could get a guy in like the fourth or fifth round that's from a program like Georgia, uh, Clemson. Uh, LSU, if, if Alabama, any of those programs, and if, like I said, if you could get a guy later on from those rounds, I mean, you're, they're coming from good programs, so they have a good foundation to begin with. So there's definitely tools there to work with. Yeah, uh, and then what we got? No sixth round, and then the uh, no. seventh round. They're saying. Uh, Juwan Jeggings from Tennessee, wide receiver, and David Woodward from uh, Utah State, linebacker. For the first seventh round. Well, um, I've been trying. I'm, I'm actually pulling a Joe Rogan like you were talking about because there was a tight end I wanted to talk about and I forgot about uh, Kobe Parkinson. Okay. Uh, he'd be another option in the fourth with one of the fourth round picks if he makes it. I mean. Everybody was clamoring for Austin Hooper, and Austin Hooper came from Atlanta in free agency and went to Cleveland, and he basically reset the market at the tight end position. Um, I think Parkinson is basically a little bit bigger and more athletic Hooper. I mean, you can't go wrong drafting a Stanford tight end. I mean, the NFL is littered with them. So, I mean, they're, they're smart, they're big, they're physical. You can't can't downplay Parkinson. I know he's not really getting a lot of love as far as the uh, pre-draft process, but he was another one that was pretty. He was the other one that was pretty high on my list besides Trout, Kobe Parkinson, and Trout. My two, they're two guys I would love to see. Um, I know Chris Cooley uh, was actually um, talking up Werner from uh, Georgia as well, but I believe he. He was more of a blocking tight end. He wasn't really. Yeah. He wasn't both points in the passing game. I mean, but he showed in some of the some of the All Star teams that he actually has, has the ability to be a pass catcher. So I mean, when when you get somebody like like Staff Rivera put together to break down all of his tape and if he has the potential, I mean, it's hard now when you don't have a combo. 
you don't have uh, our connections get a little choppy there. Yeah, oh. hold on one second. Let's try to clear this up. Yeah, when when you don't have the the pre-draft uh, workouts at your school because of this COVID nineteen, I mean, not everybody could see these kids firsthand and and try to put them through different drills that they maybe wanted to see them do that they may maybe hadn't done in college. Yeah. And then the, uh, the last that's, seventh, that's what's going to oh, sorry. That's right. The last, uh, seventh round picks that they're talking about is uh, a Lamar Jackson out of Nebraska cornerback, not the Lamar Jackson, who's going to be the cover boy of the brand new Madden this year. Um, the cornerback out of right. Nebraska this year. And, uh, uh, tackle Trey Adams out of Washington are the are the other two ones. Now, once again, this is all if everything goes exactly how they think it's going to go, and this is just people's ideas or mock drafts. This is not set in stone. This is probably not even people that are even on the list for the Redskins besides probably Chase Young and maybe um, maybe some of the other big names towards the top of the list. Um, but I'll tell you what, though, Adams is intriguing. Yeah, Adams is is, is a big guy out of Washington. Um, he was he was. In the pre-draft stuff, he was like last year coming in. Like after after last year's draft, he was touted as one of the top tackles coming out of this draft. And he, uh, I believe it was he had some nagging back injuries that seemed to be pushing him down on a lot of teams' boards because uh, that and some they they deem him that he lacks some athleticism. Yeah, but a lot of that might be due to the back injuries, but. Um, he might be somebody that you take in the late round like that if he's there and he could surprise. I mean, get him in a good off season program, strengthen his backs. I mean, you, you never, you never know. He could be a, he could be a good right tackle. They might kick him inside to guard. I mean, there's a lot of options. I mean, a lot of these guys that, that excelled at tackle in college can't handle speed rushes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're strong as oxes, but they, they have a hard time with the lateral quickness. And uh, they're guys that are potential uh, moves inside the guard because it's easier to play inside of a phone booth than it is to play out on the edge. Mm-hmm. Look at look at Flowers that we got from the Giants. I mean, a top, top pick at left tackle for the Giants didn't pan out. It was basically a turnstile for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes, comes to us under Callahan moves inside to play guard, which everybody was gasping at the thought of <laughs> the Redskins signing him. And he turned out to be somebody that everybody was basically bummed that he didn't he didn't come back, that he went to Miami. Yeah. So you never you never know. Those those late round guys that 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 maybe were could play a different position in the NFL as as opposed to what they did in college. The, it, you never know. Like like you said, the, the late rounds are a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, it, it it could really go anywhere. Um, right. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much what the draft. Now our team, we did talk about team needs before. So we're looking at tight end, wide receiver, um, all the offensive line, <laughs> um, linebacker, and defensive back is pretty much what our team would need at the point at this point. Um, right. I mean, I think our guards are serviceable. Yeah. I mean, you still have Sheriff. Um, you have Wes Martin, who played very well at the end of last season, in 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 uh, in replacement of Scherf. Um, then they signed uh, Wes Schweitzer, I believe, from Atlanta uh, to play to compete with Wes Martin. The two Weses are going to be fighting for the left guard spot. And then uh, you have Pierce Pierce Baker, who was drafted 
from Alabama last year. <laughs> um, he could play both guard spots and uh, center. So, I mean, we have we have some guys that could that could help. I mean, on the in, the in, interior line, I mean, I, I think more or less the problem is is going to be is going to be tackle because, like I said, they're going to have to replace Trent. Morgan Moses really had a down year last year. I mean, you have to give him another shot this year because it's not really good to go into your season trying to replace two tackles. Um, but if somebody they happen to draft ends up outperforming them, and if they're like I said, if there is a preseason, then you never know. That's why I think I think they're going to throw as much against the wall as they can as far as offensive tackles are going to con- are concerned. Mm-hmm. And see what sticks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, kind of wrapping it up here. Is there anything else that we uh, maybe didn't cover that you want to talk about this episode for our pre our pre NFL draft first episode? No, pretty much just you know everybody stay safe. Um, what we're all going through right now is is kind of uncharted waters as far as COVID nineteen. So stay safe. Um, enjoy the draft. Uh, hope everybody. Uh, it's at least a couple of the players that they're uh, they're hoping for for our team. Uh, we all hope Chase Young is wearing that uh, number ninety nine jersey after I, tomorrow. I don't, I don't care his number as long um, as he's in burgundy and gold. <laughs> well, he came he came out and said today that if he gets taken by the Redskins, he'd love to wear number ninety nine. Yeah. So I could that jersey would be flying off the shelves before it even hits the shelves. <laughs> Here's a quick that, question: that, that Is jersey. if when I always try to get a jersey a year. Now I'm when I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. When I when I usually go for a jersey every year, I go the uh, the knockoff route. I don't care. Make fun of me. Say what you gotta say, people of the internet. Mm-hmm. I am not a made. I'm not a man of made of money. I don't even know if I said words there that were right. Um, but I am not made of money. And if I do have money, I put it into the podcast. So I buy cheap knockoff jerseys, and I think they look fantastic. And you would never know. And if you're that close to check my stitching, get away from me. It, we're, we're six feet away. Right. Get away from me. Right. Um, you're not social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> um, You'll be able to get away with those cheap knockoffs now. 100%. Yeah, just get away from me. Uh, so uh, who would be who would be your – now, are, are when you go out every year, do you get a rookie? Do you wait a go- do you wait a year? Because I have a bad tendency if I go out and buy a player's jersey, and I'm like, man, I really like this guy. I need their jersey. And the worst things of all time, well, they get cut. They no longer part of the team. They pass away. Um, you name it, it has happened to me. Um, so how did yeah. what, what is your rule when buying a Redskins jersey? I stopped after RG three. I because bought I am three RG three jinx. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did the same thing and I was a complete and utter jinx because the week that I, I held out the whole season and I was actually at the Ravens game Mm. and watching that game, I was wearing my brand new, uh, RG three Jersey that I couldn't wait to wear to the game. And, I saw Halode Nada basically bend RG3's knee in a direction where it shouldn't have been bent. Yeah. And I thought to myself, this is it. This is the last jersey I'm buying. I'm only going to purchase retired players from this point forward. So I have, I now have a Sonny Jurgensen. I have a Sammy Baugh. I have an Art Monk. I have a Chris Cooley. 
and I still have a closet full of RG3s. <laughs> and I even have, I even got a, grabbed a, uh, Alfred Morris. I have an Alfred Morris as well. Alf, yep. Yeah. Alf I love was, that dude, man. Alf was, yeah, Alf was definitely, he was definitely a, a Jersey. I wanted it. Um, just as a human being, he was a good human. Like I wish he would get yeah, another, exactly. like, he goes to Dallas and I'm like, that's a good pick for Dallas. And then, then they get Zeke and I'm like, the poor guy's never going to get a snap. No, no. And then to round out my collection, I have a Sean Taylor, which every good Redskin fan should have in their Jersey collection. I have a Sean Taylor. I want to get another Sean Taylor. I want cause mine that I have is not patchwork. It's, it's screen print. Um, I want right. to get a new, I need to get a new Sean Taylor. I, I need one that's not yeah, white because every time I wear it, I'm like terrified. I'm like, I'm not taking this to a bar because it's a white Sean Taylor jersey. And I don't want it to get all scuffed up or destroyed. Um, I actually I went around uh, Baltimore the one time. Uh, now, once again, I'm a Redskins fan in Pennsylvania, and when I go to a city such as Philly or such as anywhere, um, nine and it's football season, you are gonna best believe I'm going to be wearing something Washington Redskins in your city. That's just what I do. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't do I don't do it to start trouble, but I I rep my team, and uh, right I I. I was in Baltimore wearing my Alfred Morris jersey and took a picture with me, my dad, and my uncle, and my little brother at Chaps Pit Beef Barbecue, which names sandwiches after Baltimore players. So they did not like me walking in wearing my Redskins stuff. Um, <laughs> and then, and then the girl behind the counter made a joke saying, "Oh boy, no one do anything to his food." And I was like, "Come on, really?" And she's like, "What?" I was like, "I'm from Pennsylvania. I could be in here wearing a Steelers jersey. Take it or leave it." And she goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I'll, I, your Redskins jersey is looking better at, at this point, and I, I start laughing. The lesser, lesser of two evils. Yeah. Yes. And I said, uh, <laughs> and I said, listen, I, I don't give a shit about a raven. If I have to deal with eagles and they're way bigger birds, um, I'm not worried about no <laughs> Ravens fans. And then I said, by the way, uh, you don't have a, a sandwich for Joe Flacco. You're, you're, you know, because at the time I think he just won the Super Bowl, or a year before, mm-hmm. or around that time, or a year or two of separation, and. Uh, She's like, no, we're working on it. I said, I have an idea. I said, just fill it with trash, close your, close your eyes, and throw it at the customer and hope Anquan Bolden catches it um, because that's all Joe Flacco was good for. And she's like, I no longer oh. like you. And I was like, hail to the Redskins, and I walked away. <laughs> you know, I have one, more, one more little story, funny story. We went, uh, my cousin and I went to the, uh, the draft in Philly in 2017, and uh, I had – uh, Chris Cooley jersey on and I was walking by and one of the female Eagles fans looked at me stopped right in front of me and said you know you're cute but you're a Redskins fan and I said to her I said oh my god this is perfect I said because you're very cute as well I said and the beautiful thing about a female Eagles fan is you're never going to expect a ring. <laughs> and didn't that backfire yeah, on me? Yeah, can't that use that year? anymore. That, 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 that joke is <laughs> nope, now can't retired. Use, <laughs> can't use that. Nope, it worked at the time because it, she was totally upset and she actually had nothing to say. Yeah, and then and, the second that right, game clock but, hit zero, she goes, remember that fucking yep, asshole Redskins yep. fan? <laughs> yep, I, I guarantee you she was like trying to search me out, trying to say, you know what? Suck it. We yeah. just won the Super Bowl. I, I actually watched that Super Bowl <laughs> In Mazes, in in uh, in Frackville here, um, the, it was a private party. They they invited me because uh, I I am one of the only outsider fans that they accept as not an Eagles fans, and they always try to say they're going to convert me. I said, yeah, not not ever going to happen. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So there, and I'm like, I see. I, when it comes to teams, right? Like, I, I, you, you can see me wearing a, a Green Bay jersey. You can see me wearing a, a pretty much any team in the NFL. I, I, you will never. I, I would. No. I maybe would own one. I know exactly one, where you're going. I, but I would never wear a, an <laughs> NFC East team. I would never do. Like, we well, you know how people make bets. Like, if I win, you have to wear. I won't even make that bet. Nope. Because I, I will I will 100% back out on that bet if I lose. Because I will never wear yeah. your team's jersey. Even when even when the Super Bowl comes and they say, oh, you got to root for your your division uh, rival. No, no, you don't. No, I hope they die in the in the game. I was I was a Patriots fan that night. You know what I mean? Like I was like, go Pats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. I I I can't do it. But and that's, that's the news show when you're when you're sitting there rooting for the Pats. I don't mind you know, the Patriots though. I I, I maybe, don't either. Maybe because I'm I'm just I'm a Redskins fan and I wish we had a team that won as many games as they did. Uh, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I wouldn't even yeah. care if we cheated. I I don't. I hope we start right. cheating and to be honest with you i want right. to i want right. to get some if, wins i want to be proud of my yeah, team if that's if that's <laughs> what it takes sign me up for a bill, bill belichick book of cheating yeah um i don't think it's gonna happen with uh with mr ron burgundy uh which is have you no. seen those shirts the ron burgundy shirts those are they're beautiful i, I mean just just having a coach on twitter is is great yeah. i mean one that we don't see sitting on the on the ground in front of a bar with a cigarette with a 20 some year old girl <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's always that's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, Chucky steps, Chucky Chucky step brother yeah. out there trying to hit on a twenty year old. Yeah, but yeah. hey, hey, you know what? More power to him. Get it, it works, get it, it boy. But yeah, yeah, I think last year my my jersey was Daryl Green. I'm starting to, and I, and I want to get. I think this year I'm going to go with a, a Rigo jersey. I want to get a Riggins. Um, yes, that's that's definitely high on my list. Yeah, I, I I definitely can see myself buying a Peterson jersey, even though man, I. I have a hard time with that, with the with the child abuse thing, man. I have a really tough time with that. Um, yeah, you know what though? I mean that that was that was kind of like an unfortunate blemish. Ooh, man, he ruptured a his, testicle uh, with a, with a stick. Like he beat his kid yeah. in the car seat and busted his testicle. Like Jesus, come on, yeah. man! Like what was what 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 can a kid do so bad in a car seat that you have to beat him with a stick? Like I don't know. Ask ask my mom because that uh, was pretty much a daily occurrence. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't have children. I don't have children. But like, yeah. I, I'm I'm around people who have children. Like, man, they're being bad. That I'm like, no, they're not being bad. They're being a kid. They're jumping on the couch. Right. That's what kids do. Like, kids fuck shit right. up. Like, if yeah. he's not lighting your house on fire, like at some point, I, I don't know. I just have a real tough time. Like, like okay, if you want to smack your kid on the hand or the butt, one thing. But like, people people smack their kids in the face, and I'm like head trauma. I was like, come on, are you an idiot? Like, they're ba- like. A brain isn't even developed even closely ready at that point. You can't be taking giving kids blows to the heads. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Or using a foreign object. Like, you have to go get a switch. Come on. Like, I I know times have changed, but let's make the change together. You know what I mean? Like, so what? But, but I I'm gonna be honest. Like when he came to the team, I I was not happy with it. But his, I don't know. I'm I, I am happy that he's there. Um, I, I, I everyone is entitled to a change. Um, if 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 Eagle fans can accept Michael Vick who murdered thousands of dogs. I can maybe say Adrian Peterson had a bad day and 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 hit his kid one too many times and he didn't mean it, <laughs> you know. So we'll go for, we'll go right. with that, you know. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely can see myself rocking a Peterson jersey when it's all said and done because I hope I hope he does get a little higher up in the touchdown charts and I hope he does it as a right. Redskin. Um, yeah. Uh, any any kind of any anything positive in our record books that's associated with the Redskins is 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 a welcome change. Yeah, and I, going back to the RG three man, I'm. 
I miss the dude. I like him. I always root for that guy. I'm happy he uh, he was in Baltimore and he had a great season, even if he was just a supporting role. But uh, I don't yeah. know, man. Yeah, that was. I feel that for was a... I feel for at least one blink of an eye in Washington in Washington history. He he changed our culture to the point where the team actually felt like they wanted to win games. That that 2012 season. I mean, that was um, that was the year I lost my dad. Yeah, and uh, I'll I'll never forget that. That was one. Watching that team and watching RG3 play was uh, one of the bright spots that got me through uh, some some definite daily downtimes. Mm-hmm. So I, I that's that that always has a soft spot in my heart. Who so, who was your dad's favorite player? My dad was a Redskin fan because I was a Redskin fan. I mean, he basically took interest in anything I did, which mm-hmm. to me is that's that's a dad you know i mean he he'd he'd watch football just uh in general i mean wasn't wasn't a yeller wasn't a screamer uh if the outcome was a loss he would have the same outcome or the same uh demeanor as if it was a win so i mean he just he was more of a uh i'm going to work i'm doing what i have to do i have yard work to do i have this i have that and uh my my football team interest started with my one uncle who was a dolphins fan and my other uncle who was a steelers fan and they were playing tug of war with my uh <laughs> tiny little infant brain trying to <laughs> get me to convert to either side of the of the force and uh i remember i i was telling you this the other day when the day i became a redskin fan was the day Joe Theismann got hurt on national TV with the Lawrence Taylor hit and they kept showing it over and over and over. And you see Lawrence Taylor just freaking out, calling, calling to the sidelines to come out because the, his tibia was sticking through his sock. Ugh. And, uh, could you imagine how loud that was? Remember, probably like a gunshot going off. You snap a bone like that. It, that would, you snap a bone like that. I would throw up. I'd basically just, just, I'd pull a Donovan McNabb. I'd throw up right in the huddle. <laughs> so that's my Eagles dig for the second. But um, it's uh, sorry, I got a wrestling reference out. So I usually do that once a podcast, and my other ones somehow a wrestling reference sneaks into everything. <laughs> but that was my. That is what basically converted me to be a Redskin fan because I actually felt so bad for Joe Theismann and the rest of the Redskin organization that I started rooting for them, which basically. I probably have like Stockholm syndrome that I've been like held hostage since. And I felt bad for them ever since, except for 87 and 91, <laughs> two years. They made me feel really good. <laughs> other, other than that, it was torture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was just, I went to my uncle, my grandfather's house and my grandfather was like the best way to describe him is he was uh, the movie grand Torino as a human. Um, Mm-hmm. So he uh, he 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 just every, you, you never knew it was coming out of his mouth, and I always thought like even as a kid I was like man sometimes saying different things about different people or racist is not not good like I mean he's just a kid like that's not good but he wasn't doing it to be like a, a racist or a misogynist like that was just their time but everyone got it like my grandfather was an Irish guy and I was half half Italian and he would call me every Italian 
slur to be funny. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like it didn't mm-hmm. have to do with skin color. But uh, I just remember like the only time we really bond is we I'd be at his house and I'd sit in his chair with him and he had a little Redskins blanket and I always thought the red and it was it was beating the shit and I lost I, I ended up getting the Redskins blanket after he passed. But uh, but we lost in a house fire. Um, but no, uh, I, I actually remember that. I remember. I remember when when you guys lost your home and yeah, that was the only thing in the house I like, cared that I lost was that blanket. Like I I freaking lost it. But uh, yeah, so my grand made me a brand like a like a, a replacement one. I'll have to show you what my grand made. It's it's unbelievable. It's one of the coolest blankets ever. It's all crocheted and it's like the Redskins logo and it looks unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like you can't it, it doesn't That's even awesome. look like, it doesn't even look like it's made by hand. It's just it's insane. But uh, but me and my grandfather sat and we watched the Monday Night Football game and the Redskins run and. Uh, I do remember brief, briefly, like my dad having a, a somewhat of a party or a Super Bowl get together in the house in Shenandoah, and I remember just like mm-hmm. watching them beat the Bills. And at the time, I didn't care. Like I was like, "Oh, cool, this is on." You know what I mean? Like I was so young. But then my grandfather was like, "Oh, Redskins," <laughs> and then I just remember just ever since then, I'm like, "This is gonna be my team." And I had you know my cousin who was like my best friend growing up, who was a huge Cowboys fan, and he tried everything to be make me a Cowboys and a. Uh, a Cowboys fan, a Utah Jazz fan, and a uh, and a Penn State fan, and I he almost got me with Penn State. I'm not gonna lie, there was a brief moment in time where I was wearing Penn State gear because I wanted to fit in like my cousin, but uh, I would never. Right. I did not wear one cowboy. He when I used to sleep over there, he would make me the only blanket he would give me to sleep was a Cowboys blanket, and I would I would sleep cold. Um, no, I, I think I, yeah, I was gonna say I definitely would have slept cold. Yeah, I think I think maybe in the middle of the night I may I may have pulled it up on me because I, I I have to sleep with a blanket. But I, I, I listen, it's either die or you know, but it is what it is. Def- <laughs> I was young. Definitely I definitely would have had a yeah. There definitely would have had been another blanket underneath, so it wasn't touching my skin. Yeah, jokes on him. I pissed the bed, so no joke. <laughs> I wish I did. That'd have been great. But uh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. So so I uh, I. When did Cowboys colors turn yellow? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So the uh, the so I, I always kind of stayed true to the to the Redskins, and I had people always trying to give me. Uh, I think there was one time where I wore a T shirt someone gave me, and at one brief time I think I, I used to go to school because I a lot of it was like I didn't have clothes either, so I think I wore it because it was like the only T shirt that day. But I was given a Carolina Panthers shirt, which I, and they were like the brand new team and I thought their colors were cool. So I always kind of had a soft spot for the, uh, like if I had t- other teams, like other teams that I kind of root for, even though they're not the Redskins, mm-hmm. like I'm not saying they're my favorite, right. but I, I have a soft spot for them. It is definitely, um, the, the Carolina Panthers, um, the Car- Kansas city chiefs. Cause my best friend growing up was a huge chiefs fan. So I'm very happy that they got that super bowl. It was really cool for him to, you know, see one. And then, uh, I always kind of had a thing for the Browns cause just, they've they're just like us they're just a, a huge disappointment and they're the laughing stock yeah. of their division so i always kind of had a soft spot for them because oh and the chiefs too because i being a notre dame fan when joe montana was there i was like yeah and then growing up um my generation's player to watch for me anyway i i just always liked brett Favre, so i always kind of had right. a, a thing for the packers too well that's uh that's quite a list of teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I if they're on, I, I kind of support them, but they're not. I'm, they're, I'm not like super fans right. of them, but like I, I kind of always have like a soft spot for those teams. But I'm, I'm through and through a, through and through a Redskins fan. Like that's just that's you're, my you're, team. Yeah, the only pretty team much I, like you. The I only could, team I watch. I could, I could find pretty much anything to root for with any team except for the Eagles. Yeah, you know what? I honestly, I'm gonna be completely honest. I. I can get behind the Eagles more than I can the Cowboys. So, like, realistically, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, 
most of their team's mm-hmm. players were good dudes, like legit good humans. Like right. like Zach Ertz is right. a good human. I like Zach Ertz. Right. I Carson Wentz seems like a really good dude. I, I don't like I don't mind Carson mm-hmm. Wentz. I don't mind um uh who's the comedian lineman I mean I, I'm always a soft spot for kickers. Oh, Durin, I, I always love David Akers. Like the long snapper. Yeah. Um, when he was the magician on uh, what is it America's Got Talent? Yeah, so like that kind of like so. There's players on that team that I can get behind. Like the only guy in the Cowboys, I'm like uh, Jason Witten. Jason Witten's a good human, um, and Alfred Morris because he's I there. Like, I like Romo. I actually, I actually I, did I, like Romo. I did, I did too. I used to tell people, and he's like, a hell of an. He's fantastic. On commentary. Hell of an announcer. Yeah. Yeah, I used to tell people all the time they're like, "We hate Romo. We can't." I'm like, "Listen, man, I would love to have a quarterback who would out go, who would go out there and play with a broken back and still find a way to win." You know what I mean? Like, I never had a team where I'm like, "We're down in the fourth quarter. Is my quarterback going to re- rally back and win?" Probably not. Nope. It's going to be when we go didn't, down twenty points, it's Redskins, over. Yeah. <laughs> didn't the Redskins break his back? Um, I believe they they might have been the uh, the final straw. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he we, came I in. I think he came in hurt. Career. I, I know he came in hurt, mm-hmm. and then we kind of we put the nail in the cup, which I'm not proud of. I don't want to be the team that says, "Oh no. yeah, we're we're happy." We because if if you want to be if you want to be crucial, I mean, the Cowboys ended uh, Daryl Green's career, and when he walked off the field yes. with his face mask bent in half, um, the they it wasn't a disrespectful thing, but they gave him a standing ovation because even the Cowboys right. realized that Daryl Green was a special player. Oh my God! Yeah. yeah, I think uh, Helen Keller would have realized that. Yeah, he's, I love that dude, man. He's he's fantastic. But uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Our first episode. I thought it flowed really well, man. I thought it was a good episode. Yeah, for you, you basically popped my podcast cherry. How did how did you feel? How do you think? I think it was a good conversation. I thought it was really good. I'm not trying to tune our own yeah, podcast think, horn here, but I'm I'm happy with it. I think it's I think it's only gonna get better and better every time. Yeah. Well, I'll I will I'll get be the, a little bit more. I'll be a little more prepared next time with some of the names that I screwed up uh, royally. Yeah. Well, listen, man. Here's so. here's the dynamic of our show. Um, I'm going to be more or less the guy who can direct a conversation and do the podcast and keep everything on time. And 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 Tony, the other Tony, is going to be more or less the insider guy. He's going to know a lot because I, I I'm a fan, but he, th- I'm not as I'm not even on his level. He knows like a lot of crazy shit. So hopefully, I can up my game and up my my stuff because of him. That's kind of like what I do with my wrestling show. When I start doing the wrestling show, I was a fan of wrestling, but I, I didn't have the diverse, like I only watched one thing where, and then all these people around me got me into more diverse things. So I try to put myself around people to better me as the thing we're talking about. So hopefully we rub off and then I can kind of dive. Like you're saying all these college players names. I have no idea. Any of those. I don't, I don't follow college football at all. I don't, I just don't like it. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I, I follow one team and then, I, and I barely even do that. Yeah. But all right. That'll wrap it up for episode one. Uh, Bros on the Warpath. Uh, we'll, our intro outro music is is temporarily, if you definitely know what it is, say it in the comments because I don't even know if I'm going to actually put the lyrics in it. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it yet. But if you do know the song, put it in the comments. Let us know what you think if you think it's funny. Uh, and and sound off on us on, on all sort, uh, forms of social media. Let us know what you thought of it, what we can change, what we can do better, what you like about it. And if you want to, if you want to be a, a call in guest, um, we look forward to it. So we're going to start do that. We're going to do an episode today, which will air. I probably had it. I could probably have it out within an hour or two because I'm getting pretty good at it. Um, and maybe I'm just not good at it. I just don't know how to fine tune it, <laughs> but I think it sounds good when it plays back. Um, but yeah, so we'll probably have this out by tonight. 
and then uh, we'll have another one we're going to record on Saturday. We're going to do a post-draft on Saturday night, and we'll try to have that one up by Saturday, Sunday morning. So we'll, this might be a thing. We might do one a week, two a week, depending on how it works and how our schedules work. We'll definitely keep this going for you guys. But definitely support us on social media. Go over and support us on uh, on our merch page and buy some buy some merch. All right? I'm working on that as we speak to try to get that merch page going. So uh, hopefully that works out and we can get that going. But uh, thank you again, Tony, and we'll see you next episode. Hey, hail to the Redskins. Good luck tomorrow for our uh, for our draft, and uh, we'll have some – hopefully we have some good conversations for Saturday. Yeah, always, always hail to the Redskins. Um, so our, our, exactly. our, our tagline is uh, have a flight for old D.C. because sometimes you need alcohol to get through a Redskins season. <laughs> Definitely. All right, we'll see you guys next time. See you later. Good night.